0: Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern-day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today we have CeCe Liu joining for the second time. That name may sound familiar as she came on the podcast here earlier this year. And uh, some exciting news uh, over the last month, which is quite relevant. So she reached out and wanted to talk about uh, what's going on in the world with indoor air quality and before I continue to, to ramble on, uh, Cece, why don't you refresh the audience's memory on who you are, uh, what it is you do, and uh, what have had you reach out to me?
1: Yeah, so I'm Cece Liu. I'm CEO and co-founder of MetalMark Innovations. We are a uh, Harvard startup uh, with um, a, uh, the world's first self-cleaning air purification system, um, and uh, we designed the system to um, address some of the problems that we heard from our customers uh, in the commercial um, facility management space, including the uh, difficulty in terms of um, uh, maintaining um, air filters and air purifiers, uh, the lack of uh, information about uh, how well air purifiers are really doing to improve the air quality of the indoor space. So we have designed our system to address many of these considerations. And um, thanks, Griffin, uh, for having me on again. Uh, I recently came back from the ASHRAE Summer Conference and uh, that was when the ASHRAE 241 standard was uh, announced for a publication. And uh, I thought this would be a topic that your um, your um, subscribers and listeners would be interested in learning about, uh, because it's really fresh and new, and um, uh, we're just starting to understand it and its relevance and all that.
0: Yeah, and it could it be more relevant with. I mean, at the time of this recording, we're in the beginning of August, and the wildfires have, uh, up in Canada, have impacted just about everyone that listens uh, to the podcast um, here over the course of the the last few months, and that obviously having a big impact on air quality. And so uh, it is absolutely topical, and uh, throwing in there a new standard being released by ASHRAE, I think it's just a wonderful time to have you on. And so... Um, let's start there with the with the standard two hundred and forty one. What is it? Let's get the high level cliff notes uh, and why it's important and relevant in today's world of facilities management.
1: So, um, ASHRAE two hundred and forty one uh, was created uh, with a fast track um, as a fast track standard uh, because as a response to the COVID pandemic. Um, and it was uh, very much driven from the White House um, with an interest to come up with some, a set of uh, guidance or standards to say, okay, what do we do given uh, aer- now that we understand that um, uh, aerosolized infectious uh, particles could have an impact on uh, infections, uh, the spread of, of infection in the indoor environment. Um, and so uh, ASHRAE uh, together this amazing task force team essentially and uh, uh, rapidly uh, within you know record time uh, drafted uh, the ASHRAE 241P and then it went out for uh, you know public comments uh, in May of this year and then it was finalized and published uh, just um, in July so um, it is really really new um, and what it really does is uh, it is a standard for how we could go about controlling infectious aerosols uh, to prevent spread. And um, uh, what I appreciate very much about it is that um, uh, they um, really, during COVID, there was a lot of uh, just uh, simplification of um, how we would think about indoor air quality. And uh, it was very centered around uh, the metric of uh, air changes air exchanges uh, per hour and uh, to be quite honest that uh, is this metric is not necessarily the easiest to implement in in, mm-hmm. in uh, facilities because of um, a variety of considerations from your ventilation rate to your you know air flow rate and how it's actually effective or you know how how, how truly effective this can be and so, in the ASHRAE 241 standard, um, there are a c- couple of uh, main considerations. One is the um, the CFM of um, airflow into the into a space, and second, to uh, recognize as a follow-on to the indoor air quality procedure, how we could use um, more space-specific air purification technologies in combination with ventilation to address um uh you know the air quality in this space. And so um I mean ventilation being uh can be very energy intensive and mm-hmm. especially if we need to be a hundred percent ventilating, you know, some, some of the recommendations during COVID was to uh ventilate at a hundred percent and many schools and universities and commercial buildings were doing that. Well that's really, really energy intensive. Um and so um uh, how can we actually address it, uh, this problem, uh, without, you know, essentially killing the planet at the same time?
0: <laughs> <Right, laughs> um, <well.
1: laughs> That's
0: a great question, and I'm, I'm curious what, in reality, like, what does that, what does that mean, and what do we do with that information, right? Like, what right. are the actions that we take to, you know, not kill the planet? <laughs>
1: right, right. And so, uh, one of the things that we have been uh, of talking about at metal is kind of terming it as ventilation penalty right so we'll, we'll every time all the energy we, we we use to ventilate with outdoor air uh, i think you're, you're in atlanta i'm in, in boston area and so in like humid hot regions of the the world versus cold climates we have to heat up uh, the air during cold weather or uh, dehumidify and then cool it during the summer uh, and that those are some of the biggest energy drivers for HVAC systems, um, and so it, the less we have to do that, the better. And and then on the flip side, because we're concerned about controlling infectious aerosols, especially if there is a peak, right, a peaking of uh, uh, of um, certain future diseases or pandemics or what have you. You know, how do we um, do we do it at a hundred percent ventilation and uh, use a lot of energy, or could we do it uh, with a little bit more balanced approach? And so, uh, with uh, the uh, ASHRAE sixty two point one, there is uh, the IAQP. I, I I believe we even discussed about it last time on our on our mm-hmm. uh, interview. This uh, indoor air quality procedure, which is more about targeting certain uh, uh, levels of uh, air quality um, uh, goals, right? We want to have set these goals for indoor air quality. We want to achieve those, but maybe we achieve it with a different type of system in combination with ventilation. And so that's been there for a very long time, but very rarely used in industry. Um, and so this this new standard two forty one um, kind of is taking off from IAQP um, and essentially saying well you know we we want to um, we want to combine parts of um, uh, the ventilation uh, procedure the minimum ventilation requirement with uh, more localized distributed air cleaning uh, to get to that high level of air cleaning that may not entirely come from ventilation Um, and so it so, so that's something to be appreciated in this kind of uh, evolving world of uh, indoor air quality standards. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the evolving component of that, and this is brand new. And so yeah. you mentioned that it was expedited, and it's something that there's going to be changes, and there's going to be additions uh, to this standard, which that can seem overwhelming to individuals that this is impacting, right? Uh, what... Do you foresee changing about this, or how how do you see it evolving in both near term and long term?
1: Right. Um, so um, when when ASHRAE puts out a standard, it's it goes through a particular process for adoption, and um, uh, every couple years, there's a standard. Uh, you know, we, uh, there there may be a new standard version that comes out based on you know, information that's now become available. And I, you know, during this uh, process of uh, 241 adoption, I saw some of that as well, you know, during the public commenting period, a lot of, there were a lot of comments that went in and uh, the, the standard committee took took to heart a lot of the comments. And so many of the changes were, were uh, done in the, in the final version that uh, are very different from the draft. And I think that's that's representative of how uh, things will continue to, to evolve. You know, like for example, you know um, there are there are um, technologies that are currently out there, um, and uh, we still don't quite understand their net benefit from an air quality and health perspective. Well, as we, we learn more about them, I believe those uh, will and should be taken into consideration for crafting these uh, future standards—not just 241, but just but in, in general for a lot of the ASHRAE standards. And so, you know, there there are many people who work on the, the committees that um, uh, review and uh, reassess uh, the the new information and data that come out. And ASHRAE itself also has does a lot of research, they they fund a lot of research, Um, and so asking the right questions and resulting in data, new data, will help to uh, inform how the the standard can continue to evolve, Um, and I I think that's a positive thing, and that's very, you know, that's how science also works uh, outside of like an industry association or or Mm -hmm. a standard-setting body like ASHRAE. Uh, but that, that is how we work, right? We, we, we don't know everything about all the technologies, um, but um, as the research comes, uh, comes out with uh, better uh, information, we can, we can uh, reevaluate and adopt. And many people who are your lis- listeners can get involved in that um, as well.
0: Yeah, and I'll certainly put links to in the show notes for more information on the actual standard and how people can get involved there. Um, so it's a, a good call out there. I did want to to go into because something that stuck out to me in the standard as I was going through it was the building readiness plan. And that was something that uh, that is actionable, right? It is coming out of here's documents and procedures where if you have an existing HVAC system, you know, make sure they're working properly and making sure that, you know, you do have the right uh, equipment running the way it should be. Um, Talk to me about that. Was there anything that stood out to you in that building readiness plan?
1: So I I think that's always the starting point, right? Making sure that your building has the right equipment. It is well maintained. Uh, I have talked to so many uh, facility managers and different uh, segments of the, the industry and market now to, to hear a very uh, often repeated message that, oh, you know, a lot of economizers aren't even working, um, <laughs> we could be doing better with our maintenance, and right. so those are that's the starting point. What, you can't, you know, before we start throwing money at um, uh, other upgrades, let's make sure that uh, we have a good baseline. And then uh, we uh, start to um, add additional uh, improvements to that. And um, you know, having a, a plan, readiness plan, is also about when there is an event down the line, how do we react to it, right? And so, so what what are the uh, metro, uh, What are the, the trigger points? Uh, and and what do we actually turn on and off as a as a response? To those trigger events and so that's uh all part of the 241 is to say okay if there is a uh another pandemic if there's a authority that says hey we need to uh start um uh dealing with this uh air, air, um, airborne who knows what
0: <laughs>
1: right. we have a procedure we have a plan you know from a facility perspective to deal with it and this is positive. This is an opportunity for a lot of organizations to improve their uh, facility management, but also to kind of uh, stand out, right? That we, uh, that organization A versus B has uh, a uh, a comprehensive set of plans. And uh, you know, they we have uh, well-maintained systems to address these uh, these uh, future events uh, versus an organization that does not. And so, for many buildings uh, that uh, to stay competitive, this is a this is a way to do it too.
0: Yeah, and and it's interesting uh, because you mentioned that, and the the search for talent is always going to be extremely competitive, and it's those little things that make that big difference. And. Uh, just talking to people that are now going from fully remote to hybrid to now mandated time back in the office uh, that's going to be a trend i think the pendulum is you know swinging the the other way uh from the way it was the last couple of years and i don't know if that's just me seeing that or if you've seen that out there but uh that's just what i think is happening but correct me if i'm wrong there
1: i i don't know if it's uh if everybody would agree but there's uh Certainly, in certain sectors, we, we would see more and more of the in-person activities and um, going to the office. I, I think for some people, they're still in denial, <laughs> just hoping that it doesn't happen. Uh, so you know, to the extent that it used to be uh, pretty much 100 percent of the time, I I I, don't, I think that uh, the remote remote work will always end up being somewhat hybrid where it's mm. allowable, right? It, it, where in certain, uh, sec- sectors, for example, for, um, K through 12, 12 instruction, you really, we learned that kids need to be in school to get good instruction and education. And they, this is not uh, something, uh, that's going to go to fully remote. I, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, with, uh, certain types of office work or, you know, for for people in tech, it's easy easily accomplished. So there there's a sort of the it, it it's a hundred percent versus very little, and then there's everybody else in in between. Right. So. Yeah, uh, definitely seeing the traffic getting more more uh, heavy on the roads, right? Uh- <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'm in Atlanta, so you don't have to talk to me about traffic. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, really, no matter what, there's, there's buildings there. You know, we're yeah. always going to go to movie theaters. We're going to restaurants. We're doing things that are in buildings (laughs) uh, and that, you know, tying it back to, you know, the focus here today of just evolving and staying up to date with uh, what you need to be doing as a facilities manager to make sure that the occupants are safe and you create an enjoyable experience. And so uh, this has been absolutely incredible. Uh, having you on for the second time. And I'll throw it back to you really quickly. Anything that, um, as far as people reaching out or having additional information on um, Standard 241, uh, what recommendations do you have and where can folks uh, find you to reach out to you? Yeah, I I think,
1: you know, 241 is published. Uh, People can purchase that from ASHRAE. And I'm not, obviously, any kind of... spokesperson person for Ashray, I'm just—that's where I would always start—is to uh, actually read the standard and uh, the the appendices. Those are intended to be uh, very helpful with uh, detailed uh, information. And then, um, yeah, if people are, are would like to talk more, they can also reach out to me. I, I'm happy to be a, a resource, be helpful to to folks. Um, I think it's you know, we, we discussed a little bit about uh, ventilation being an energy uh, consumer, but it's, I- in reality, you started this discussion uh, also with uh, the, the reality, the the fact that we just have wildfire well smoke. Yep. And I think uh, a few years ago when this was a topic I, I, I brought up with uh, some people, that it was, it was seen as, oh, you know, this is on the West Coast, it's a once in a lifetime kind of event, but the that's not true. The UN has has now called uh, uh, this uh, the wildfire um, a crisis, a global wildfire crisis, because it's part of uh, how our climate is changing. And uh, you know, a few years ago, when I traveled across country, definitely experienced that. But uh, this year, it it really hit home, yeah. <laughs> right? In Boston, New York, all the way down to where you are, and so. Uh, there's a trend um, and so uh, ventilation is uh, great if we can rely on outdoor uh, air to be there to be fresh but uh, if that is not going to be a continuous case then we have to start treating that with some seriousness of how do we uh, address uh, the indoor environment more effectively and energy efficiently And so, you know, we've been, at Metalmark, we've been studying this uh, for quite a long time, and it's been a driver for how we design our product. And so, again, I'm happy to be uh, helpful to people who are interested in the subject and, you know, point them in the right uh, uh, directions. We are uh, talking to a lot of different professors and universities, and so if uh, folks are interested in the academic research that are coming out, Um, to get a better understanding of how indoor air quality affects cognition or long-term health happy to share that as well so yeah just generally um um, you know we're here um and uh, can be helpful
0: yeah and and as it's been a theme on the podcast but uh don't be afraid to to reach out don't hesitate to reach out to people and ask for help because this is a a huge community but at the same time a very tight-knit community and people are uh, very willing uh, to help one another out and point, point you in the right direction because it uh, could be overwhelming. And especially the last couple of years, the industry has changed so much. and There's been so much to keep up with. And this is another good example of a new standard coming out and it's going to be <laughs> changing and evolving with time. Um, right. but again, it's, it's always good to reach out and have a solid network there. So that will be posted in the, the show notes, um, along with the link to your LinkedIn profile and, uh, what you guys are also doing over at Metal Mark. So, uh, there's going to be plenty of resources for the, for the, uh, audience to take in. So, uh, once again, uh, Cece, thank you for, for stopping by. It's been a pleasure catching up and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.